It's my pleasure to introduce today uh, Elton Wong. It's, it's especially special for me because, you know, years ago, Elton and I, uh, I, I contacted Elton. I helped with some of the community houses around here at the church. And I talked to Elton, who was in my small group, and just a bedrock of faith and stability. And I talked to Elton. I said, maybe you should consider moving into our house, into our community house. And he said, actually, I have a better idea. What if we bought a house? Uh, so that we could use it for ministry and for loving people uh, who are in need. So that's the kind of character that Elton has, and he's very uh, subdued. One of the most interesting <laughs> things about God's kingdom is that you can find such uh, a wealth of faith and stability and amazingness, and you could actually miss it. You could actually walk past somebody who is just rock solid, and, and powerful. And in our eyes of the world, the world looks at power much different than God looks at power and how he invests. So Elton is a bedrock of that. And he's uh, pretty much one of the best dudes I know. So obviously we have a house together and that, uh, that also means that I really truly know him as, uh, <laughs> as one, only one could who shares life together. Yes. Um, I'm going to uh, just pray for Elton, and then he's going to kick off uh, his sermon. God, we thank you so much for Elton, and we pray that everything that he says, Lord, would be touched by your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that um, all that you have invested in him would flow out, and that we would all be encouraged and, and empowered. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks, John. Um, it's an honor to get to speak here again, um, but I think the only reason I'm here is because TJ must have mistaken me for Elijah or something. <laughs> so uh, during the last sermon series, the Sunday that Elijah spoke, after service I ran into one of my friends in the parking lot, and she brought her mom to service for the first time, and after I introduced myself um, so to the mom, she's like, nice to meet you. Good job speaking today. I, <laughs> I told her uh, that wasn't me. That was the other Chinese guy. So for the record, I'm not Elijah. Um, Elijah was the one who opened up the series uh, a few weeks ago. And the series is called Jesus at the Center. Um, and we're doing a study in the book of Ephesians. And he talked about Jesus at the center of identity. And he talked about how... Um, our identity is rooted in Christ, and we're children of God, and that he chose us for a purpose. Um, and then after that, Barry Wong spoke, and he talked about Jesus at the center of humanity. <laughs> and he talked about how um, that identity that Elijah talked about, we share as one people of God, that the whole world can share in that one identity. And after that, Brenda Wong talked about Jesus at the center of calling, that God chooses to reveal himself to the world through his people, through the church, um, and that we are called to go out and bring people into that, uh, into that body. And this week, I'm the third Wong in the series. Uh, Brenda already used the joke about three Wongs, but I will say that two Wongs don't make it right. That's why we need three. Um, so 
everything that uh, Elijah, Barry, and Brenda talked about uh, are in the first half of the book of Ephesians. And um, so you can kind of look at Ephesians as two halves. And the first half lays out God's plan. That God's plan is that we who are his children would come together as one people and show the world who God is. And that we would draw in as many people into that as, as we can to make a more complete picture of Jesus. And while the first part lays out, the, lays out God's plan, God's eternal plan, the second half uh, talks about instructions for us to live day to day to help fulfill that plan. And so right now we're going into Ephesians 4 and the second half of Ephesians. And so we're kind of transitioning into that idea of these are instructions for us to live by. And so I titled the message, Shoot for One, uh, which you'll see in a, uh, why in a minute. And so next slide, please. We're going to start reading Ephesians 4. Uh, you can follow along on the screen or in your bulletin. As a prisoner of the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And then skipping down to verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow and to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And so from this passage, uh, next slide please, we can see that Paul, is, Paul wrote this letter to the church of Ephesus, and he's kind of preparing, uh, preparing them with this, this verse um, to say that these are instructions to live by, that we are to live a life worthy of that calling, that calling that Brenda talked about last week. Um, and so he's kind of just preparing people that here's something that you can live by day to day. And so one of the th- big things that he talks about is unity, Um, that we want to work towards unity or being one. The root word for unity is the Latin uh, word uni for one. And then Paul goes on to talk about all these different things that we share, uh, one hope, one faith, uh, one spirit, one body. And it goes back to Elijah and Barry's sermons about identity, that we all share in that one identity as one people. And unity is something that we should strive for. As you can see from this passage, that's very important. 
And I took advantage of our small group and asked us to study this verse um, to help me prep. And one of the things that uh, Virginia asked, I don't know if she's here, she asked, um, why is unity important? Like, obviously this passage talks about it so much, but why, why should we shoot for it? Um, and after all, it's, it's a lot of hard work. We see in verse 2 that we have to be completely humble and gentle and be patient. And I don't know about you, but that's not an easy thing for me. Um, and it says to make every effort uh, to keep the peace and to keep the unity. And when I think about uh, why it's important, um, go on to the next slide. Uh, I, I can see in verse... 12 uh, and 13 that the point is to reach unity in the faith until we become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And that goes with the idea of becoming more a more complete picture of who God is and showing that to the world. And that's not only for us to show to the world. Um, well, we show it to the world uh, so that the unbeliever can look at us and look at the body of Christ and think, man, that's a family that I want to be a part of because who would want to be a part of a disunited, dysfunctional family? But it's not only for them to see, but it's also for us as believers and as Brenda pointed out, for the whole universe, for all the angels and demons, everyone on heaven and earth to see the beauty of God's plan, to see the beauty of his grace and the wisdom of his plan um, because he chose the most unexplainable way to reveal himself to the world. That he would choose to use broken, messed up people like ourselves and unite us to show that our identity in him is more powerful than any, uh, is powerful enough to overcome any differences that we might have. And so, what I want to look at today is what does unity look like? Um, and um, I like to use the example of, that Paul uses here of one body. As we go to the next slide. Um, in verse 15, it says that um, we're to grow into the mature body of Christ, who is the head. And so we see that Jesus is the head. Um, and we can kind of connect that to like Jesus being the central nervous system. And he goes throughout the whole body, touches every part of the body, and controls its actions. And we also see in verses 12 and 11 that um, we're wired for, for a specific function, that Jesus has given us different gifts. Uh, he talks about the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And so each part is uniquely wired for a specific function. And some of the instructions that I get from this passage, um, I boil it down to two things. Uh, the first one is don't write anyone off. Um, I was thinking of a story recently about a friend who I was talking to. And we were talking about something that we heard uh, about another friend of ours. 
And I was thinking about something that this other person did that uh, I thought, well, that's kind of interesting how they responded in this situation. Um, but that's pretty cool. And then my friend was like, that's weird. Um, and for some reason, it bothered me. And I wasn't sure why it bothered me. And after thinking about it, I realized that it bothered me because it was, in a sense, writing this person off, that we all have people in our lives who we think are weird or annoying or just difficult to deal with. And whenever they do something, we kind of filter it through that lens. We think, man, whatever that person does, it's just going to be, it's just going to annoy me. So I'm not even going to bother dealing with them. Um, but in the body, we can't, we can't really do that. We can't write people off. We can't <clears throat> say that we don't need that part of the body. In verses 2 and 3, it talks about being completely humble and gentle and patient. Because these are things that we have to exercise and work on when we interact with people who we don't get along with. <clears throat> and the reason we need to practice that is because no one person has the whole picture. No one person has the whole body in them. And so you need the other parts of the body. <clears throat> if your parts of the body don't get along with each other, then your body won't function properly. Your eyes, if you have really big ears and your eyes don't like the way your ears look, your eyes can't say to your ears, I don't need you. Or if you have, if your stomach's getting kind of big and your, your tongue can't say to your stomach, I want to eat more, but you know, you're getting too, a little too big and I don't need you. Because um, the tongue needs the stomach and the eyes need the ears. And that's the thing about this body is that Jesus has chosen the whole world. And so there's so much diversity. Just look at the people around you and you'll see that there's not a lot in that we would naturally share in common. But the one thing that we do share in common is that Jesus died for us and that he loves us. And that is where we share one identity. And that is enough to overcome any differences that we have. <clears throat> the next point is um, don't write yourself off. In verse 16, uh, it talks about how we grow as a body as each part does its work. And so we, the body can only grow if every part is active. And if you don't know what your part is, uh, just think for a moment about what God has given you and what your gifts are. Um, and if you don't want to do your part for whatever reason, just know that if you don't do your part as part of the body, you're essentially crippling the church. Um, just think about if, you, if your role was to be the feet and you weren't moving and giving the body exercise, you know, the body will become unhealthy and fat. And you don't want the body of God to be fat. And so you can measure the health of a body by how active all its parts are. Um, if you think about a body and a part of the body gets injured or needs rest, uh, all the other parts come and help support that body's functions. And one thing I love about Blue Water is just look at what's happening now, that Jordan and Sonia and a lot of the leadership need rest. And people are stepping up to kind of fill in and help support them as they need rest. 
Um, and just think about what would happen if something happens to the people who help run the Sunday ministries. Uh, just think about what would happen if there was no cafe team or no setup team. Um, I was thinking of something that happened a few months ago where I was here early and I saw that someone had made the coffee because if you guys all know Eddie, he comes here every week faithfully. Yeah. <laughs> he comes here and makes the coffee, even though he's not a part of the cafe team. But, um, but because he's not a part of the cafe team, he didn't set up the cups and the creamer and the sugar and all that stuff. And then so one of my friends was there and she wanted to get coffee. And then she realized, oh, none of the stuff is out. So she started putting out all the stuff. And I told her, just, just leave it. If people want coffee, they should join the cafe team. So <laughs> that's um, one of the points I want to make is if you, if you are a part of the body and you want to help support um, the other parts, then do your part because so many ministries, including the cafe, the setup, even the kids' ministry, all these different ministries are really shorthanded. And so if something happens to those core people who are running those ministries and they need a chance to rest, um, they need people to come and support them. <clears throat> and so one of the goals is to become this picture of who God is and to mature into that. Um, and so maturity is the measure of how complete God's character is demonstrated in the world. Um, verse, tw verse 13 talks about becoming mature, attaining to the whole measure of who God is. Um, and verse 15 talks about becoming the mature body of Christ. And so maturing is growing into that purpose that some someone is designed for or that something is designed for. Like if you think about a fruit maturing enough and becoming ripe so that we can eat it or like an investment, invest, investment becoming mature. Um, and <clears throat> so as we mature, we become more of the purpose and the fullness of who God has designed the church to be in the world. But how does that happen? How does the body as a whole mature? And it starts with us. It starts with our individual maturity. Um, and it starts with working on what we have. There are many things in this world and many people in this world who try and distort that image of who God is but as we demonstrate God's love and grace, um, we help exhibit who, more of who God is. And we can do that in our own individual lives. Uh, Jordan did a whole series on maturity. And he talked about um, how, we can be, how we can be grown-ups and mature. But Paul here is talking about this collective maturity of the whole church. And... Um, this is something to keep in mind for the rest of the series because as we are getting into the second half of Ephesians, we're talking about instructions for us to live in our own personal lives. But remember that as you live out your individual calling and your individual purpose and mature in your relationship with God, um, 
that contributes to the overall maturity of the church. And you can think about it as being just one part of that body. And you have to keep Jesus at the center and stay connected to his nervous system. Otherwise, you would no longer be a part of the body and you would hurt the growth of the whole body. And I think about, um, it's not only us as individuals contributing to the growth of this church, but to the church at large, which is every body, is the whole body of believers in the whole world. Um, I think about how every church has its own strengths and weaknesses. And I was talking to a friend who was doing studying seminary in Korea, and she came back to visit. And she talked about how she visited all these different churches, how uh, this church is really great at its teaching, this church is really known for its worship. And I thought about what makes Blue Water so special. And, you know, we have great teaching and great worship. But one of the things I thought about is, as Barry said, that we have a very diverse church. And also more so, I thought, Man, I'm proud to be one, part of one of the most screwed up churches that I've ever known. Just, just take a look around you and look at all the messed up people, um, and, <laughs> like Gatson. And, uh, um, but I think that's the beauty of God's, God's grace. Uh, we can see that he's chosen such messed up, broken people. And that's part of who we are, that we are a home for people who who need that grace, who need, um, who are broken and who are in desperate need of a home and of desperate need of grace. And we also are one of the most tri-full churches uh, as our motto at Blue Water is the word try. That we are willing to go out and do really crazy things like open a justice restaurant or do a justice ministry that reaches out to sex trafficking victims like these are really crazy things and whatever your role is, you contribute to the way that our church looks in the overall body. That if people didn't do their part, if they didn't start this justice restaurant or if you didn't do your part, then our church would not have this specific function in the whole body of the believers. Um, and so, in a moment, I'd like to call up the worship team, um, and I'd like to give some time for reflection. Um, and the first thing uh, I want people to think about, uh, if you just bow your heads for a moment and kind of just talk to, talk to God about these things. Is there someone in your life who you've written off in some way? Maybe it's someone you need to forgive or reconcile with. Maybe it's someone who gets on your nerves and you need to repent and change the way you see that person. Just take a moment to talk to God about, um, just talk to God about these things. The second thing I want you to think about is what part of the body has God, has God called you to be? Um, 
What gifts has he given you? And are you doing your part for the growth of the body? And if not, what, what can you do? What can you change and allow God to use you in the body? God, we just pray for your Holy Spirit to fill us up and to speak to us about these things. Um, We just pray for your Holy Spirit to unite us and to give us unity in your spirit, um, to give us the strength to forgive one another, to be humble, to be gentle and keep the peace with one another. Lord, we repent of the way that we see other people through different lenses um, and how we just write people off sometimes and we pray for reconciliation in those relationships. And God, we also pray that you use each one of us who you have called uh, for our unique purposes. Lord, we pray that you will activate all of us as parts of your body. That you speak to us about what our gifts are and what our unique calling is. In Jesus' name.